Today's episode of the City Smack Podcast is brought to you by Morton. Our presenting sponsor is Reinventing Sports Fuel. It's what all the major marathon winners are taking, and the results are just continuing to pour in. Most recently, Mo Farah won a half marathon in the UK while taking the drink. And if you check out his Instagram, he's been practicing with it in Ethiopia, ahead of the London Marathon, where there's going to be other big shots like Eli Kipchoge also taking the drink. Champions are taking it. I told you Jake Robertson was going to win the Lake Beerwa Marathon, and he did it all while drinking Morton while on the go. I'll be taking it this weekend at the NYC Half. It's for everyone. You know, the drink comes in a 160 and 320 mix. The 320 uh, version is intended to be uh, drank with about 17 ounces of water and it has, I believe, 78 grams of carbs to each bag. And it works wonders. It doesn't leave you depleted of carbs. I don't have any stomach issues. And it's got a very simple taste that you can handle while on the go. So try it today. Visit Morton.com. That's M-A-U-R-T-E-N. Hit up the shop. And Sidious Mag listeners get a nice discount. The new promo code for Sidious Mag listeners is Sidious20. That's C-I-T-I-U-S 20 for 20% off your order. You've probably seen the Instagram handle for my guest somewhere on your feed. It's not afraid to fail. His name is Jason Suarez. He's one of the co-founders of CitiusMag.com. And he works behind the scenes here with us, but also provides some really dope photography from time to time. He's one of the coolest guys that I've gotten to know through the sport. And I'm actually very excited for you guys to get to know him beyond just, you know, a name that you see on Twitter or on Instagram. So uh, let's start the show. Welcome to another episode of the CS Mac Podcast. We are live from the parking lot, from a random parking lot in Queens, in <laughs> Jason Suarez's Nissan Altima on a Saturday night. We're going to chat. I figured it'd be a good time for you guys to get to know who is at Not Afraid to Fail. He's the guy who is responsible maybe for half of my Instagram photos. Uh, you've seen him tagged on Instagram from other countless professional runners, um, he takes some great photos. He's got a really interesting story. He's a good friend of mine. He's a contributor and one of the co-founders of CDSMag.com. So this is going to be a good episode to get to know Jason. So Jason, first of all, you just got back from a nice trip to Africa. I know you can't tell us a lot about what type of work you were doing out there, but in general, how'd it go? Uh, Africa is pretty awesome. Ethiopia, the food is amazing. Kenya. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, we were a little protected. I did have the freedom to explore it, but I was just, I'd rather choose napping uh, than exploring Eldoret. So. so we're going to take a couple steps back in terms of how you eventually got to shooting for some big companies in the likes of Kenya and Ethiopia. A couple of years back, we're going to be going back in June to Des Moines, Iowa. This is the first time I ever met you. Mm. This is the beginning of the come-up story. What were you doing in Des Moines at USA's in 2013? I find this super interesting. So I actually started a year before that. Uh, it was 2012. Uh, Photography. Olympic, yeah. Uh, 2012 Olympic trials. I went out there with like a $200 camera that I bought off my barber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I rented a, like... A 100 to 400 lens 
which was so stupid. I didn't, I probably got like three or good photos out of there, but I just wanted to be there. Um, so then I knew the next year I needed to be in Des Moines just to like follow up. And I was able to buy a better camera. And um, yeah, I, I just went on my own. I wind up giving myself a $500 budget and to figure it out. So I knew I couldn't fly to Des Moines from New York. So what I did was drive uh, out from New York City all the way to Des Moines, Iowa. And um, I slept in my car one of the days just because I needed to save money. And then um, <clears throat> I wind up, uh, I don't know if I should say this. We can edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wind up uh, flirt flirting really, really hard with the chick from the Marriott in order for her to give me a discounted rate. Oh, we're keeping that in. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I flirted with her to give me a discounted rate. So, like, the rate was, like, $198 a night, <clears throat> and she brought it down to $99. As long as I promised her to uh, give her a kiss on the cheek once I checked into my hotel room. So I was Look at you. Yeah, I was shooting either the hundred meter dash or hundred meter hurdles, and I was behind the start line, and I just remember shooting and being on my phone at the same time, trying to like finagle this rate. So that was that was my story. But at the same time, you were also sleeping in your mom's car. Yeah. So I didn't want to drive my car at the time. I had like a Nissan Sentra. And my mom was like, well, if you're going to wind up sleeping in the car one of the days, just take my car. She had a, a, a Nissan Rogue. And she was just, just take my car and um, <clears throat> at least you'll have more room to sleep. Like, you can sleep in the back of the car or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, so I, uh, on one of the, I had to pick either if I sleep while I was in um, Iowa or on the way back. And I was just like, well, I'd rather just sleep on the way back since it's going to, I don't want to smell around these people. <laughs> I'd rather, like, shower and, and do all that good stuff. So I uh, opted on the option of sleeping on the way back home. Why track? That's the – I know a little bit of your background. You were teammates with my high school coach. That doesn't make you seem old. My high school coach <coughs> was fairly young at the time. Jason's not that old. Uh, but why why track? Was it just because of your background? You were a high school sprinter. I was a high school sprinter. And now we have both – dipped our toes into some distance running yeah so I ran in college uh, a little bit and I always so I I graduated college with a degree in like communication journalism I ran in college and I always wanted to be around sports I just didn't know how to I didn't know how to like make it happen you get to the point where you're you realize you're you're not good enough to be the actual athlete and the star that people are covering. And you try and find a way to be still involved in sports to some degree, but to right. as close as you can. That's how I got into writing. Right. So, like, to me, like, I, after college and, you know, whatever happened, I, I worked in television. So I worked for, like, Maury and I worked... There's some great clips on YouTube. I think yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm linked, I'll link to that in the show notes. There is a clip of you in the background of a Mori episode. Uh, and I worked at a couple of other TV shows, and it was cool. It was fun, but <clears throat> I like I was missing something. So once I left Mori and I came back to New York, I uh, I started working for the New York Mets. Uh, well, before that, I started. I was a barber. 
at at the barbershop that I I go to, and then one of my bar uh, one of the barbers, uh, he hooked me up with his brother who worked for the Mets, and he was like, hey, like you have too much talent, you shouldn't be here. Just I'll put you in contact with my brother, and you can work for the Mets. And I was just like dubbing tapes, and you know I did like some side stuff like with fans and you know i edited one or two clips nothing crazy but it got me into sports i lost that job because <clears throat> the whole thing with like bernie madoff and the Wilpons. so if you don't know the backstory it was just like this guy bernie madoff just stole a bunch of money from people in new york city this is a robert de niro movie on, yeah, on uh, hbo now HBO, there's a plug <laughs> for H- hbo there you go we got marriott uh, we got hbo <laughs> they're getting the free plugs in this episode uh, so that whole happened and I lost my job and I had to basically find something to do. Um, so I w- started working for Apple, still working there now. It's been like eight years, but three years into it, I was like, what am I still doing here? So I tried getting like back into television. And I applied for ESPN and, you know, I got an interview, but they were like, Hey, you haven't done anything in three years. We can't really hire you. So I, um, Moved from the Apple store that I was working at in Long Island to a store in New York City uh, where I still work. And they, I met this guy called, uh, I met this guy named Sean who was a photographer. And he's the one who really got me into photography. He was also like a runner. So we were, we were opening up the new store and we were tr- in charge of training the staff of that store. So <clears throat> we would, after work, we would like, go out on runs and he was from LA. So that's how we would both, he would, I would show him the city uh, just through runs. And it was annoying because he would stop a lot in there during the runs and he'll just start taking photos on his iPhone. And I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like how he would get certain angles or certain shots through his iPhone. And that's what like sparked my interest into photography. Um, And then he's the one who was like, Oh, well you're pretty good at this. Why don't you just get a camera? And that's how I wind up buying my barber's camera uh, for $200. And it started from there. It just started started from running with a coworker and taking sh- uh, photos on his iPhone and posting on Instagram to what it is today. So I met you in, in 2013 in Des Moines. But before that, 2012, you were shooting a little bit around at the trials. And that was through a connection with Doc Dossman, I believe, yeah, that came up. Yeah. How did how did that connection happen? <laughs> so Doc, me and Doc go back. I don't remember how exactly. I think we met in, at the Armory. I was in college. And I would always see him post videos. And um, and I, I reached out to him. We met at the Armory once because he comes out with... Um, he, uh, he comes out with Long Beach Poly. And um, from there, he was the person who who's responsible for giving me my first shot. Um, he, for some reason, just like trusted me, p- took me under his wing and, you know, I just wanted to be around and create content. And we just had a good idea of, hey, I have access to all these athletes. You can create content when we just work together and just like document the stories. And from there, I was able to meet Felix Sanchez, Carmelita Jetter, um, a couple of other athletes like Don Harper. And it, and it was pretty cool because <clears throat> because of Doc, they, they trusted me and they were just a- able to be open around me. And I was able to like, you know, get 
some behind the scenes stuff. It wasn't like nothing crazy, but it made me be like, I guess, seen or known around the other athletes. Right. And that's what kind of like started that because if it wasn't for Doc, I don't think any of this would have happened. You see these athletes in their preparation at the, you know, at the trials and some of these other meets before, you know, the big stage in 2012, which was the Olympics. At that point, you see, you go to the trials, you, you witness everything happen, and it's kind of like, it's not just going to be a one-off thing for you. You see these people go off to the Olympics at that point. I know for the while you told me that that was one of your big goals. Uh, was that the dream then for you to set your own goals four years later be like, hey... If they're going to the Olympics, I'm going to find a way to get there, too. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, any high school or any collegiate athlete, your whole dream is, like, either to make an Olympics, right? Or go pro, or in, go pro. if you're in baseball or, or football. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So, like, one of my, my things was, like, while I was at Apple, and I was, like, kind of still itching about, like, oh, well, like, I want to get back into running or I want to give, like, give this, like, another go. I knew I was never going to be an Olympian. Like, you know, like you, you come into realization, like probably, yeah. Like my 25 one was never going to make an Olympic team. <laughs> like probably my sophomore year in college. I was like, oh, this is going to be like, you know, stretch. But one of my, like one of my attitudes, I guess, is like, it's like almost like archery where the bullseye is still the same. You just need to adjust a little bit of the left or to the right to reach that goal. Right. Um, you're, you still want to make it to the Olympics. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete or a, uh, or a photographer or whatever. My goal is just to make it to, a, to an Olympics, right? So that, to me, it was, like, super, super crucial to, to just, you know, continue that goal of mine. So. After 2013, you start to... I mean, Des Moines is big with you mingling with other photographers and meeting some some other athletes. What was the switch that happened where kind of like the light bulb went off and all of a sudden some other doors started to to open up? Um, so Instagram had a huge uh, had a huge part in this. Came in at the right time. Yeah, um, but it was funny because. Adam from USATF, he commented on one of my photos. So I, I went on this contest. Uh, like, I, I used to do these contests on Instagram all the time where um, just to get, like, noticed or whatever. So uh, I would, like, t hashtag certain things, and I would win a couple of contests. And um, one, of the, one of the things were was – one of the pictures that won was – Central crossing the finish line at, in Iowa, and it, it won a New York City like uh, it won a New York City like photo thing. I don't know what it was, but Adam from USATF commented on the photo and was like, "This has nothing to do with New York City, but awesome picture." And I was <laughs> like, "Yo, who is this guy?" Um, and so I go back and it said like. You know, whatever his uh, his bio was at the time, but it said USATF. And I was like, you know what? Let me not say anything. <laughs> and I'm, like, so, like, thankful for him because he's another crucial, crucial person who's, like, you know, just been – he's, like, guided me a lot 
through this process. And like, even till now, like when I have certain questions, I'll just like call him or text him and be like, hey, can you give me like five minutes? Just like for certain guidance and just, it's, I've noticed that the more I get into this and the more, I don't want to say successful because I don't consider myself successful, but the more opportunities that come my way, the the least I know what to do. Right. You need to have those voices that keep you grounded. And, right, right. Right. So and Adam's been a huge part of like guiding me through the right steps and what to do and someone just to look out. So that's pretty dope. But I also, I was there last, might've been last year or two years ago at the Hoka Long Island Mile. You said something to Merber. It was like, hey, thanks. So what was that about? <laughs> so, uh, not that, I mean, this website gives Merber enough credit every <laughs> now and then. So it's like, this is just another plug for the guy. Right. So Merber, um, he, so <laughs> it was a repost of a photo. Yeah. Wasn't so Mar- Marva posted one of my photos that I was able to, uh, that I took of him at, um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't upstate New York at the running school. Another plug. This is a lot of plugs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of free ads on this one. Right. Um, uh, so at the running school, um, there's, it's this, uh, it's a good camp in New York city. Yeah. It's a yeah. cross country camp that I've been going to for like the past nine years. Amazing people. Um, he was one of the guest speakers. Never met the guy beforehand, uh, but he was just like, you know, running out there with the kids. And I took a couple of pictures of him and he just took the photos and reposted them, gave me credit. And he was the, because of him, I was able to work with my first big brand, which mm-hmm. was Saucony. Okay, another uh, plug. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it was just my first big brand, was, which was them. And Tracy, uh, who's no longer with them, uh, w- was like a huge role in that where, but she was like one of the, my favorite people that I've been able to work with, mm-hmm. uh, because it, I, she's just like, let me do whatever I wanted. And, you know, not whatever I wanted, but she just like, she, let me be creative, Yep, uh, which was crucial. Um, and yeah, because of Merber and because of that repost, it gave me, it kind of like, just opened hit, another yeah. door and was like, oh, okay. So it's like this runner has an audience, someone from another company happy to see it. That's how it kind of just got started from there. Right. Gotcha. So what is what is the career path? Have, have, has there been any moment where you've been really surprised where you're like, huh. It's like when I was sleeping in my mom's car, I didn't think I'd, I'd be in like Yosemite shooting, you know, this thing. Yeah. And then next week going out to XYZ place. Um, probably where it hit me was my first assignment for Nike, where it was Kevin Hart. Okay. Like that one was like, but that was here in New York, right? Yeah, it was in New York city, which was pretty huge at that time, uh, to me where I was just like, whoa, like if this is the first assignment that I've ever gotten from them, that's like pretty awesome. Uh, but now like in retrospect, looking back, that's that's it's still huge, but probably my like my most recent trip. Right, which we can't say too much about right. yet. But yeah, it's big. It, it was pretty cool. I was like, got to hang around uh, one week in Ethiopia with Mo and Abdi, and then the second week over in Kenya. That was huge, like to me, just like being around those athletes and just seeing how they live and 
being part of that team and just creating content around them and not staging anything and not being in a studio, but just being in their element, it, it was huge for me. And I would have never imagined myself five, six years ago in sleeping in the back of my mom's <laughs> car thinking that a camera was going to take me to Berlin. Like one of the things that I really, really like feel is that I would have never thought I would have been able to travel the places that I read about in textbooks because of a camera, you know, like it's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah like I would have never thought I was going to go to Africa. I was never thought I was going to able to go to Europe. You haven't hit Asia yet. I haven't. Tokyo. 2020. Yeah. That's, that's the goal. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I, I, a camera has been taken, been able to take me to places where I've, Someone from Queens, I didn't think I was ever, ever able to go. Hey, I'm a kid from Queens, too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so has the goal shifted at all? You just said Tokyo 2020. That, that, that's, that's the goal. It's not the goal, but it's a goal. What other places would you like to do? Do you want to branch out? And you've done some work with football. You've done some work in other sports. I guess where... What what is your vision? I guess for the next five years. Um, I'm not sure. Like, this is still pretty. Is it, it fun still? It I mean, is. It is. It's not as. I did take a, a some time off where I I wanted to quit, and it wasn't I, that I wanted to quit because like. It, it, there's some politics in it, and like, it gets a little like. You're doing stuff over and over again. Right. Um. And, you know, certain people came into my life again um, <laughs> and told me not to and just, you know, gave me opportunities to do something different and and super thankful for them. And again, Adam was one of them. Uh, but I don't know what I want to do. And, that, and that's the hard part, right? Like, yeah, I want to hit 20. Like, I want to go to Tokyo and cover an Olympic Games and have that under my belt. But I'm not sure, like... One of the things that I, I'm really interested in is like doing sports marketing mm -hmm. for a brand. Um, no more ads, Jason. Right. <laughs> for, right for a brand, right? Um, where it's like, I want to be able to like sign athletes and talk to athletes and cater to them and like travel and make sure that everything is okay and things like that. And the photography was, it's like a gateway to that. But I don't think photography is like my calling I guess like like at work we talk about that a lot like what's your what's your purpose and what's your goal and what's your your thing and I don't know I think that this is this is like a doorway to something else I just don't know what it is yet mm -hmm. I just know that I don't want to it gets repetitive for sure. Like it, yeah like it's it's hard you'll man. hit a like, wall yeah yeah like it's hard traveling and not spending time home with your family and friends and like and i get it it sounds like i'm complaining yeah it, right it's like it's uh, the like, guy who just got back from spending time with kipchoge is right, complaining right. about <laughs> but it's like at the same time like i don't it's draining it is a little draining and like i don't get to like be here for my niece's birthday or my godson's birthday or you know a friend's wedding or anything like that because i want to prioritize my career first um, I don't know where he's going to lead me, but I don't think this is what the calling is. I feel like there's still something bigger, and I haven't met that person who's going to guide me into that direction. 
That's good. That's good reflection so far on, on your career. Uh, I want to get into your running a little bit. Oh, God. <laughs> You've got a great marathon story. So <laughs> Jason is a marathoner. If you looked at him, you wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> Definitely first guess would have been like, I could see how he was a sprinter in high school. What were your sprinting PRs back in the day? Um, in college, I dipped under 50 a few times. Wow. Um, and then in college, I was like, you know, average, like 50. I mean, in high school, I was like 50, 51-ish. Um, Which but, is good in New York City. Right. But I was like, like nothing. I wasn't anything special. Like, uh, What was your favorite event? Two? The 200. The 400 was... Two is my favorite event. The 400 was a little better. Oh, there's a guy peeing right in front of us. Oh. <laughs> Parking <laughs> lot, New York City, live from Jason's Nissan Altima. <laughs> um, the 200, because it's just easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the 400 was where I performed a little better. Uh, but yeah. Okay, well, before I get carried away with your running, this is going to be a question that's like, why? how did they not ask that? How did... Not afraid to fail. How did that name come about? Oh, I have no idea. I was, <laughs> I was just bored. It was my Twitter handle, and I was just bored. And I was like, oh, I never had a cool name with a name and a number. And what was you didn't? What was was not afraid to fail your aim name or like? Your no, name? that was just like my Twitter handle. And then because of Twitter, I made it into my Instagram because I was too lazy to think of anything else. And now it's just stuck. You can't yeah. change it now. I want to really, really bad. Oof. I want to j- change this like Jason Suarez photo. Oh, no. Or just Jason Suarez. No. See, I think everyone knows he has at not afraid to fail. And it's a great thing. It's because it's like when you see that handle, it's like, what is that? It's not a person. It's right. a co- is it a company? <laughs> and then it's you click on the profile. And since there's so many portrait shots of like other people and action shots of, of other runners you need, no one knows what you look like that's, until- the, that's the best that's the best thing like nobody like I mean like my profile I think is half is maybe the last 20 photos of all have me with a cheesy smile it's funny because people know who I am because of these track meets and stuff like that but they were like I would get DMs all the time like hey were you at this meet because I think I saw you, but I'm not sure if it was you or not. And it's like, there's only like one really good picture of you on, on your feed. But I couldn't tell if it was you or not. I think it's so, like, I, I it's love good. That. You like I love love that nobody knows what I look like. What was up with this photo? What was up with you uh, wearing the African uh, garbs? Was that in Ethiopia? That was in uh, That was a great Kenya. photo. And you, I think Kenya. it only made your Facebook, not your Instagram. Yeah, there's a burner account out there <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. So if you can figure it out, I'll, I'll accept. But uh, no, yeah. So it was, uh, it was pretty... F- so it was, uh, it was funny because we were at the, in a black market. Of course. Yeah, and um, one of our guides that was with us, he was like, hey, you would look good in this. And he fucked convinced me to like put this like skirt thing and i was just like hey, i know I, th- I saw it as like why did he agree to do that that's not <laughs> like him oh I, I was just in the moment i was just like when in rome right so i was just like hey when in and i was Addis walking Ababa. around and i was walking around through that black market you people, bought it hell yeah i have it <laughs> yeah I, I brought it back with me how much do we have to pay you to show up to a meet in that and shoot in a meet uh, in, in, a meet. The, in, in iowa no, 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 no. Oh, bring it to Iowa. Yeah. Bring it to Iowa. I, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> All right. Great. There we'll you see go. you in Iowa with, with, that, with that garb. I can't wait for that. 
So you're walking around the black market. So I'm walking around and they're just looking at me like, hey, America, well, you look good. And be like, and then other people would be like, why are you wearing a skirt? I'm like, I don't know. Just like get a nice little breeze going. Yeah. I was like, no, it was fun, man. It was it was comfortable too. I wish uh, you know, I like I want to just wear like should have brought me back one. next time. Next time. Uh okay, so back to your running. So at what point did you I mean, if you look at, you know, Kirsch and I have looked in through through your Facebook photos. You've gotten a little heavier over the years. <laughs> so it's like, uh, at what point did you put running on the backside and then now all of a sudden now you've found it again and you're doing distance now? Yeah. So I'll be honest. One of the reasons why I got into sports photography, like, well, into tr- running photography was because I didn't want to run anymore because it hurt so much from like college it hurts to run. That was like, that was a sniffle. That's not tears. Right. It hurt, yeah. Right. It hurts to run. Like I don't want to catch stitches or anything like that. So, um, photography fixed that high for me, right? Like I knew exactly how they felt when they were lining up against the blocks. I would I like I would get like goosebumps because I knew exactly what they were feeling. Um, so, because of that, I would it would fix my high. It was to fight this feeling of void. Right. right. Like, so I was I was working for Apple and I didn't I knew that there was something else that I want to be doing and I didn't I couldn't figure it out. And I, I wasn't able to be creative. So photography w- was fixing that void of me being creative. So once for, like the sports photography wasn't doing it for me anymore, fixing that like that void. Um, the one thing that I was avoiding, avoiding the entire time was just running. So once I started running again, little by little, um, I felt like that same high again. Like, oh, okay, like, like the satisfaction of like completing a run and doing all this other stuff was great. And and it's not easy in the beginning. Oh, it's still not. It's it's it sucks. And especially uh, when you surround yourself with so many people who are so much faster. I have the problem too. Right. So like, I run with a, with a team out here in New York called Black Roses, and. They, I sometimes hate going to practice because, like, I knew what I was able to do, and I know that I was like, I try to like still, I mentally I still think I'm like that collegiate athlete. Oh, and those splits, you're like, oh, I used to split this. Yeah, 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 and it's like a constant battle that you go through. Uh, but it it it's also. You're a different I, athlete now. Yeah, and it, uh, so I remember my very very first practice with uh with roses and we were it was like december or no it was february and it was raining and our first practice was running from um where we usually start up over the uh williamsburg bridge Mm -hmm. and do 400 meters out turn around for 200 400 meters out Get into Brooklyn and come back. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, in the rain, in February, New York City. You can't get thrown into that if you're for your first time. That was my, yeah. And then, um, but it was it, it was cool because everybody waited for me to finish. They waited for me at the end of the bridge and just clapped me in. And then we all jogged back to like our base. And I was like, this is why I want to stay. And I thought that was pretty crucial. That was pretty dope. Uh, but you joined a team... After running a marathon. Right. Yeah. Tell us this marathon story. It's a great story. <laughs> so why um, did you sign up in the first place? It's you're a New Yorker. I think yeah, it's like so a rite I of was passage. Like, I wanted to run a marathon before 
I've told myself I wanted to run a marathon before I uh, turned 30. I remember that. Yeah. So I, 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 I turned 30, and um, but it was like, what, two months afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, so I ran a marathon. <clears throat> I ran it with a friend, and we didn't train at all. I probably, she probably trained a little more. Um, but it was, it was bad. Like I, it took me forever to finish. We're not cutting all the way to the finish. <laughs> We're going to the start. You get on the starting line. Uh-huh. Cannon goes off. You're going over the bridge. What's happening? Okay. So let's, let's take it back okay. uh, real quick. So <clears throat> my training was, I trained a solid three weeks, a solid three weeks. For the marathon. But your longest run was like what? Four miles. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, okay, my mentality was I need to like put all this, all this training together in a short amount of time. Let me not run at all and trash my body all in one day. Oh man. So I did a bunch of (laughs) elliptical runs and elliptical. Yeah, I guess runs. Uh, So I was able to reach 12 miles in an elliptical. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah, I figured that out quick. So that was my training. Um, I, was, I was still able to finish the marathon, by the way. But uh, but okay, we're getting on. We're on the bridge. And <laughs> so immediately, we're getting on the bridge, right? So I, I I'm nervous because I'm like, holy shit, what am I getting myself into? So I'm like trying to crack my 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 ankles, and my friend is like, hey, stop moving. You're making me nervous. Oh no, and. I'm not blaming her, but uh, I, 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 my ankles lock up maybe not even off the bridge. So on I'm the, on the climb, I'm on the climb to the bridge. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, man, like, let me kick into survival mode now. Like, I didn't even hit mile one <laughs> and I'm already like into survival mode. So um, and you can see the city from the bridge and you're just like, I have to make it all the way there. <laughs> right. So. Let's not talk about times. No, we're not going to talk about. But I started at daylight, <laughs> and I ended at sunset after sunset. Yeah, it was kind of dark. <laughs> yeah, um, but along the way, you stopped for bacon, egg, and cheese. I did. Uh, once I got to uh, Queensboro Plaza, I stopped for a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. A bite. I didn't, you know, I didn't eat the whole <laughs> thing. I just needed a bite of it, and I kept it going. And uh, my friend Jesus. Uh, and need to she they like were like hey here's some painkillers here's like some like whatever like energy boosters go for when you're out that long though you've you've told me the stories i mean in full the cleanup crew's coming oh yeah you got some you got some people you got some run walk people yeah so i i was so at the very beginning of the marathon i was running with team new zealand I think it was Team New Zealand, but they were like heavy people, and I was just like, "Oh, I can do this!" Like, is it at the like, beginning? Yeah. Okay. So like, I can run like with them, like you know, run three minutes on, one minute off, and I was like, "Yeah, hell yeah, I can do this!" And then I was like, "Whoa, they're going way too slow for me, <laughs> right?" So I like passed by them, and um, I keep going, and let's just fast forward to like towards the end of the race. There was a point where the sweeper bus (laughs) 
came to me and came to us, like the group of people that I was running. We're like, hey, if you can't finish, get on. We'll take you to the finish line. I was like, yo, I'm not going out like this. (laughs) I'm not going out like this. And one of my buddies was tracking me. He goes like, dude, you went from like running like 13 minute miles to like eight minutes for a few miles. And I was just like, yeah, because like this, I was, I was literally racing the cleanup crew of like, like the trucks that were picking up like the The cups and everything. No, not even the clocks. Oh, (laughs) the clocks. Wow. So I was just like, no, I'm not going out like this. So I like, that's what like kind of like pushed me and put a little like, you know, fire under me to keep on like, just to finish, but uh, I I passed 125th Street, I think, and I saw the entrance to the sixth train. And I think at that point I was like four miles away. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, you can be in your warm clothes like in five minutes. Just, <laughs> just get in there. But no, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I met so many people that day, like in pain and suffering. You're never gonna see a lot of them again. Never. And That's I was the like, feeling I have too. Right. And I was just like, I, I met this one girl from Australia. Like, super sweet, super dope. And she was just, like, running her fifth marathon. And and she was just, like, we just ran and, I mean, not even, let's, not, let's be real. I didn't run. <laughs> <laughs> right? I barely ran that marathon. Uh, but we just, like, jogged together, I guess. And she was just, like, super dope. And it was, like, cool, cool to meet so many different people are, uh, along this, this run and... It was it was dope. How do you describe the feeling of getting the medal at the finish line? Like, weight off my shoulders. Like <laughs> it was just like, it felt great. And it, like, I wanted I, as soon as I crossed the finish line, I was like, yeah, I have to do this again, because uh, and actually trained for it. Yeah, and I was just like, and mostly because it was Chris talking a lot of shit. Nick- Chris Nickinson. <laughs> uh, no, Chavez. Oh me. Oh. <laughs> uh, talking a lot of trash. About yeah, that's right. I was at an after party. Still tracking you when I got to the party, and I was like, I don't, it's gonna be really dark when Jason gets there. But on the bright side, uh, Shake Shack had no lines, right? Right, uh, yeah, there was no lines. At Shake Shack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, fun. Let's see what else we got here. I think, uh, hit you with a couple more questions here. Um, oh, I mean, so you said you would do a marathon. What's next for you, I guess, for, in terms of running, running and photography? We've got a big projects coming out in the next two, three months, um, but. You can't talk about them just yet. We'll have you on the show afterwards. Um, Running-wise, photography-wise, what do you uh, what, what do you want to do in the next couple of months? So I'm running uh, the Brooklyn Half. Me too. <laughs> and I'm running the New York City Marathon. I'm actually training. That's why I'm running the Brooklyn Half. Um, training post-Africa hasn't been great. I haven't been able to find my rhythm yet. Um, were you able to get some good runs in Africa? I mean, you were you were on the job, chasing, uh, chasing people. I was down. chasing. I was running around. So funny story. I'll tell you this story. I was um, I was on a track in Kenya uh, with uh, Kipchoge and running around with him. So I asked like one of the guys from Nike. I was like, "Hey, just gonna clear it with you guys. Can you um, just let the coach know that I'm uh, Patrick to?" Just let them know that I'm going to be running with the athletes for a couple of laps, just so I can get a couple of photos. Couple. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Right? Just I thought you were going to ask for like your own workout. No, no, no. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm going to get a couple of photos that way, and uh, they were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like you're good. Don't worry about it. Um, 
ran a couple of laps with them. We added up to a little over a mile. Um, this is the fastest mile you've ever run. I think so. <laughs> um, it, but it was I, w- I was like doing 200 meter, like you know, I was running with him for like 200 meters, 200 meters, 200 meters. Then I did one full lap with them, and um, Ooh, how was that lap? Oh, I I died. <laughs> I kept up with them for 300 meters, and then the last 100 meters, I was like, I finished at the end of the pack. <laughs> but remember, I, I have a camera strapped on my arm, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Altitude, all these exactly. factors working against you. So Patrick Kipchoge's coach afterwards comes up to me and is like, hey, you know, um, you've taught me a valuable lesson today. And I was like, okay. He goes like, I thought we were going to call the ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> I thought... Um, Thought we were going to call the ambulance. And you know what? When you, they said that you were going to run with them, I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and he was just like, he rubs my belly and he goes like, well, you know what? I can tell you, you used to run. <laughs> he rubs my belly and walks away. And he goes like, good job today. Once a runner, always a runner. And I was like, yeah, I was able to keep up with Kipchoge. Did you get a nickname from them or anything? Uh, no, but I'm pretty sure they were talking trash the entire time. Because <laughs> every other time I would run with the athletes, they would just start giggling and laughing. And I don't want to know what they were saying, but I could just <laughs> tell. They were just looking at me and pointing and laughing. So, <laughs> All right, so Brooklyn Half, NYC uh, Marathon. Yeah, so New York City Marathon is kind of going to uh, be a little special. I kind of I haven't really talked about it, so I want to raise some money. Mm-hmm. Um and I want to be able to give back to so many of these places that you've been to. Yeah. So like to, for like sporting equipment. And one of my things that I've noticed is like either being in Cuba or being in Kenya, Ethiopia, going to Mexico, like a lot of these places, there's oh, this sports is always the same thing. But like the kids don't have the same advantage as we do because they don't have the proper equipment, mm-hmm. especially like with like girls got to run in Ethiopia or being in Cuba and seeing like kids playing baseball with like cardboard gloves or like taped up shoes that are like four sizes too big for them. I want to be able to just like get the money that I've been able to donate and just buy equipment, go back to these countries and give them the equipment myself. And I don't want to partner through an organization. I just want to legit me myself go to them and make sure that they're going to get it themselves. Uh, Because I just feel like if you don't know what talent is out there, if you don't give kids the proper equipment so to me that's what i'm running for that's why i actually want to train and you know do it the right way so we'll stay tuned we'll come up with some sort of uh you know kickstarter gofundme whatever campaign online and we'll get those details out to uh, all the listeners out there but jason we've i've waited a long time to do this podcast we are going to uh reconvene and do another one i think this is a lot of fun i can't wait to wear uh, the Ethiopian garbs with you in <laughs> Des Moines. Maybe we'll we'll probably record a podcast in Des Moines in the garbs and we'll stream it live on Facebook. Um, I think it'll be great. That'll but be dope. Jason, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Many thanks to Jason for taking the time to do that interview. Be sure to follow him on Instagram and Twitter. It's at not afraid to fail. The number two uh, is in there. Uh, So, yeah, just keep up with him for the latest on him and his photography work. Uh, It's all great stuff. This is very funny on Twitter. So a quick second now to talk about the City of Smack Patreon. We've had some great support from members of the City of Smack Patreon page. 
Uh, there's a bunch of people who have pledged to keep the site running. You know, for eight bucks a month, you can do your part, and it comes with some neat perks. You know, we just launched the City Smack Track Club. Uh, next month, you'll be seeing a lot of people wearing the uniforms at races throughout the country, internationally. I think I'll be wearing it at the London Marathon. So visit patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Mag for more details. And, you know, a thank you to everyone who has donated to the site so far. Also, last week I was wowed by the support that the running community showed on International Women's Day. Earlier that morning, Jason actually texted me and said, you know, it'd be cool for us to maybe try and raise some money for Girls Gotta Run. And I knew a little bit about the foundation. It's a nonprofit organization that invests in girls who use running and uh, education to empower themselves and their communities in uh, Ethiopia. And incredibly, Sitwit Nation came through. And in just about 24 hours, give or, so, give or take, uh, we raised $1,800. That's enough to fund three scholarships for young women in Ethiopia. So we are sending the money. And by the time you listen to us, it's been sent. Uh, and we're looking forward to hearing from the foundation on how you know the money is going to be put to use and whether we'll be able to learn more about the three girls that are sponsored by you know all the generous people that read and listen to uh, the content that we put out. And uh, before we go, lastly, remember to check out Morton. Test out the world's most carbohydrate-rich sports drink. We'll see how it works for me uh, this weekend at the NYC Half, but check it out yourself. Visit morton.com slash shop and use promo code Sidious20 for 20% off your order. I use it. Elliot Kipchoge uses it. Likes of Wilson Kipsang, Mo Farah, all these champions are using Morton. So try it today. My guess for the next show is still up in the air. Uh, we're kind of playing it by ear. As the NYC half gets closer, we'll see who's in town. And if I can grab anyone for uh, an interview while, while they're around. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, wishing you some happy and healthy running.